everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Wrestling Conversations. Um, today on the show, we have Steven Jensen from Fightful. So in this episode, we talk about how Steven was introduced to wrestling, how he started covering it, how he started working uh, for Fightful. We talk about his podcasts on Fightful, which include uh, The Spotlight with Jeremy Lambert. They cover lots of mainstream wrestling topics and also dive into some independent wrestling there as well. And they also have a interview attached to each episode. I think it really is one of my favorite um, wrestling podcasts out there right now, so please check that out. And he also does um, The Weekender on Fightful Select, where Steven goes into um, independent wrestling from that weekend. So we get into those. We also get into a little bit of a discussion on Minnesota Vikings football. Uh, we talk about action figure and card collecting. We had a little bit of audio issues uh, about two-thirds uh, through the way through the, the interview, and we were able to get back on and finish recording, but there's a little bit of an um, awkward transition there towards the end. Uh, but please give this conversation a listen. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Wrestling Conversations. Uh, joining us today, Mr. Steven Jensen. Steven, how are you? I'm good. How about you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a crazy uh, crazy week in the in the world of wrestling. We've had the, the merger going on in the last couple of weeks. We've had AEW Grand Slam. And then also we've had a bunch of those releases from WWE coming up. I was watching the spotlight this week and I, I honestly felt bad for you and jeremy at that point where you guys were doing the show you're doing it live the stuff is kind of coming out in real time and having to kind of deal with that i think you guys handled it really well but it's a pretty i mean pretty sad day for all those people that are kind of losing their their losing their dream job i guess yeah yeah it's it's rough you know obviously i didn't know that was gonna be happening when me and jeremy were live um and i was like trying to be optimistic about it because you know some of these names are people that have like over the last few years actually asked for releases so i was like oh, okay maybe since the mergers happened like maybe management came out to everyone and was like hey if there's anyone who kind of wants out now it kind of be the time to let us know because there's about to be a lot of changes and i was hoping that that was the case and then shortly after like the whole that whole list started coming out of like more and more names and obviously that isn't the case for everybody i mean i, I i'd imagine everybody if if not ever i don't want to speak for anybody but i'd imagine the, the, the vast majority, if not every single person who got released, probably didn't want that to happen. Um, so I, uh, I hate that that happened for them, you know, and it's, it's tough. Um, it's a tough situation for a lot of these WWE wrestlers when they get released because a lot of them didn't have like extensive indie careers or like have, um, or they've, they've also, they've, they've been making so much money in the WWE from the start, a lot of them that like they overprice themselves on the indies. So it's like, it's a really, it's a really interesting and tough spot for a lot of the release talent because, you know, you got someone like Dolph Ziggler, for instance, who will be probably fine anywhere. Like he'll probably catch on anywhere. And he has like the respect of the whole, you know, wrestling community and all the wrestlers and the promoters and, and everything like that. And then obviously very, very successful over the last few decades. Then you're going to have other performers that have been making a lot of money uh, working for the WWE that like when they go out on the indie scene, not everyone's going to be like Matt Cardona and be like cool with taking the big pay cut. But like the, the reward there was humongous for him because he's become the man like everywhere outside the WWE because he was cool with, you know, doing what he had to do to do that. Whereas you see guys like, uh, like Braun Strowman during the pandemic, you didn't see him anywhere because I'd imagine his rates probably through the roof and like the promoters just can't, it's like, you gotta come to a, 
a high school gym or a bar and like we got to sell a whole bunch of tickets we'll never make anything close to our money back to bring you in so it's like it's, it's an interesting spot for a lot of these performers so it sucks to see everyone lose their jobs uh the way that this has happened but i also i don't, I don't want to be like like rude about it but like i saw this happen when the when the ufc got purchased you know years back and i sure. called this week over week for saying like people are going to get there are going to be cuts like this and and I even alluded to Dolph Ziggler specifically on the show. I didn't say him by name, but I was like, there's been people who have been in the company for a long time. They've gotten a lot of pay raises that aren't going to be the face of the company that the company's probably looking at on paper. Somewhere how the UFC looked at someone like Yoel Romero or, uh, or um, John Fitch or something like that. High level contenders that aren't winning titles that make a lot of money. And we're kind of seeing it happen in front of our eyes. Now, that was a really, really long answer, but that kind of all that happened like between the spotlight and now, which is kind of wild. So. No, I know. That's when it was. And I, I listened. Um, I think I, I wasn't watching live. I listened after the fact. So I knew that it would be coming. Like at that time, I'm like, hmm, mm. I wonder when those would start coming out. Because I know you guys, re- you know, you obviously record the show live. And mm-hmm. um, so I was like, oh, I, I kind of was anticipating it. And like, I got a little bit of a piece every so often. I'm like, oh, but yeah, I think you guys handled it well. Poor, poor Jeremy trying to write uh, news pieces and do the show at the same yeah. time. So good on you guys for doing the best you could with a kind of a bad situation but yeah appreciate that jeremy's the man like for all, all the stuff he does behind the scenes even <clears throat> he doesn't like people don't probably even realize this like when i go out to indie shows and stuff and i, I do like audio interviews with with talent and whatnot i just send that stuff straight to jeremy and i just say like hey man anything you can do with this they, they always put the audio somewhere usually fightful select and then jeremy will start just taking quotes from it and making articles about and they, they give me bylines on the website over I don't, I don't do anything but do the, the interviews and they give me like all this credit constantly and stuff and it's well, most of it's jeremy you know what i mean i i owe jeremy a lot i i, I don't know if you're gonna ask me about jeremy during this interview or not but jeremy's legitimately become one of my best friends and he's he he works super hard behind the scenes with fightful yeah jeremy and i i only because i did an interview with him so i've only had some interaction with him so not a ton but he's been super like super nice to me too which who am i to him nobody right so it's just like he's like oh if you ever have any questions let me know this is after we're off the air right telling me all these things like okay if you ever have questions let me know if i can ever help you let me know just going out of his way just to be nice to somebody just trying to you know start to do something with with uh, this whole podcast thing so yeah jeremy's a jeremy's a good guy yeah yeah he's the man so, um, I mean, I've been wanting to have you on the show for a little while now because I've been a big fan of you and Jeremy for for quite a while now. Um, but I wanted to start too before we get into you covering wrestling. To what was your introduction into wrestling? Have you been a lifelong fan, or has it been <clears throat> something that you kind of came to a little bit later on? When was that introduction like? Yeah, so I was born in 1988. I'm 35 currently. Um, I started wrestling. I started watching wrestling in the first like real the first real storyline I remember becoming invested in. <clears throat> excuse me is was um was I, I grew up a wcw kid so like and i grew up in atlanta georgia which makes sense because wcw country yeah. down here so um my first storyline i can remember vividly like being invested in was hulk hogan versus the dungeon of doom which was led by the taskmaster kevin sullivan and this was like 1994 probably 1993 1994 so i was probably like six years old or so when i started watching wrestling and like really became a fan of it um the wrestler that that hooked me was the macho man randy savage like he was my first favorite wrestler but um hulk hogan was already like a very like famous figure Mm -hmm. like back then especially because it's hard to i don't know how old you are but like i back when i was growing up like if anything was on television that's just what was like 
the most famous, like, because everyone has watched TV. There wasn't all these, like, alternate, like, even radio was really big. Like, like guys like Opie Anthony and Howard Stern and stuff, like, humongous, humongous figures in, uh, in pop culture and stuff. There just wasn't the same kind of distribution of, like, entertainment and, and stuff like that. So, for, uh, for Hulk Hogan, he was already, like, a household name, like, as I was starting to get into wrestling. So, it was, like, Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man were, like, the two guys that it was, like, oh, okay, like, mm-hmm. this is this is what wrestling is. And I thought the taskmaster Kevin Sullivan was like, I don't know what a heel was. I thought, you know, but he, I thought he was the, the, I thought he was legitimately like a devil worshiping, like, you know, and he was, and I saw like throughout this story, which a lot of people consider to be a terrible storyline. When I was six years old, it was an incredible storyline because I was right. sick, which is the same kind of stuff that I, that I relate to <clears throat> when I talk about the current WWE product where like, if something I don't like, I'm like, if I don't like it, that's fine. Cause I'm 30 something years old. I bet you a lot of eight-year-olds love some of the stuff that I don't like and they're doing it and it makes sense. But it's one of those things where I got really into the WCW because of like that storyline. I saw the, uh, the debut of the giant throughout that. Um, I didn't know of all these other guys as um, like WWF castaways either. So like my first introduction to like Ming and the barbarian, I didn't know about like Hawk who and stuff in pre- his previous uh, career. I didn't know about like earthquake and, and, all these guys like i knew them as like their wcw mm-hmm. characters um i knew the booty man as the booty man i did not know that he was previously brutus the barber beefcake and then he eventually became the disciple and all these other guys so like that was how i got into it was uh, was that storyline and then like a couple years later the nwo happened and then that was like you know wrestling became like mainstream and like everyone became a wrestling fan like you know and i was in elementary school during that and it was that was a really cool time to be a wrestling fan. So that that was I'd, I'd say that's like my real introduction would be like that that storyline was probably about six years old. Hulk Hogan, Dungeon of Doom, Watching Man, Randy Savage, and the Slim Jim commercials and stuff too. Watching Man was uh he was he was Watching Man was I think Watching Man is the best overall professional wrestler that's probably ever existed. Like like the full package, like in the ring on the microphone with the gimmick, with the look, with the different outfits, with just professional wrestler, you know, just love, love, love the Macho Man. Yeah. I think he's one of the, the people that like, if you think pro wrestler, I think you think of him and I, that's one person I'm so, cause I'm, I'm 26. So I was born in yeah. 97. So it's like, I missed a lot of that stuff. I started pretty early. I was probably started in like real young at like 2000, probably one, but there's a, so much stuff that I missed. Was this pre or post WCW and ECW going out of business? I think, gosh, I think it was post because I, I don't remember watching any WCW as a kid. Like it was strictly, it was still WWF at the time, but it was, was kind of, I think right after that, I think is what. That was still a really good time to be. So yeah. you, you would have started in as like a WWE fan, like yes. WWF becoming WWE. Yes. And that was when they had like the most stacked roster like ever because all the stars for the most part yes. at that point were coming over from all the other companies too. Yeah, that was a really cool time. And then also like about a year or so later, you got to see the debut of like Brock Lesnar. That's when Kurt Angle was getting like really, really hot also. Yes. Like there's, yeah, that was a really good time to get into wrestling. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's so much stuff I got to go back and watch. So then I have, but there's always like, how do you keep up with it all? You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's hard. Uh, what was the, this is a question I always ask people is that they cover wrestling to some capacity. What does that happen? Or what is that like when you are a fan of something, but it's like, okay, I want to start covering this or to give back in some capacity. What was that like for you? Um, It was, I guess, kind of weird. Like, so when I was in college, I graduated from a school called Georgia Southern University, which is in Statesboro, Georgia. I was there from 2006, 2010. <clears throat> and during that time, 
I had a really good friend, still my one of my best friends to this day. His name's Daniel Sowerson. He wound up going on to work uh, for a really long time with the Orlando Magic and the uh, New Orleans Pelicans in the NBA. And he was the guy who ran the student-run radio station for my college. And he was a good friend of mine since we were in high school. We, we wound up going to the same college and everything. And he knew I was a big uh, like wrestling and MMA fan. And he ran the station and he was interested in me just like going on air like once a week and just like talking about the UFC because literally at that, at that time, like nobody was covering, like Ariel Hawani was like the only person like covering mixed martial arts really that like anyone even knew of. And it was, there was very few like MMA based anything. Like it was just a real, it was, cause once again, this is like not long after the ultimate fighter and stuff. Like it's still like a super new sport in the mainstream. So I was a huge UFC fan uh, from like the early UFC days. I used to get the the VHS tapes from Blockbuster, and he, I ended up I ended up just doing this radio show for like like a couple years, which led to some other pretty cool jobs in college. I wanted to work with like the newspaper and stuff, and so I I did that, and then it just like just got like a normal job in retail and stuff, moved around a little bit, just like you know. That was it. Like I didn't like I I didn't go back to it until probably, I mean I was a wrestling fan the entire time and an MMA fan the entire time. But like this was still also YouTube. You couldn't really like monetize back then. When I was in college, YouTube was not a career. Like you like YouTube was like for like funny viral videos that you occasionally would see. You know, like it'd be like Chocolate Rain or like the 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 Afro Ninja who did like the backflip and face planet and stuff like that. Like it was just like viral clips yeah. and. And it was just like, you know, so there, there was really no avenues. And um, eventually, I'm trying to remember exactly the trajectory it all went in. But eventually, I started podcasting because like I was a, like I got into the Joe Rogan podcast really early when he, when he was doing it on like Ustream. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just one of those things where I started realizing like he was doing that. Anthony Cumia was doing live from the compound. He was from Opie and Anthony, which is like my favorite radio show ever. And it was like, and Anthony Cumia, I'm not necessarily endorsing the stuff he currently says, cause he's gone kind of crazy. Right, like, right. I mean, but like, but Opie and Anthony, I think deserves a lot of credit. That's actually where Sam Roberts came from. He was the yeah, producer sure. for that show for years and he's with the WWE now. And, and it's one of those things where like, I, I saw these guys doing this stuff independently and it was like, Oh damn, like you can actually like, what does it take to do this? And I had a, a guy who's become a really good friend of mine current day. His name's Doug. And he had a YouTube channel, Bill and Doug, on YouTube a long time ago. And we know each other nowadays. But back then, I was watching him on YouTube and stuff. They were getting hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. Because that was back when YouTube would promote a lot of stuff on, on you that they wouldn't now. And that's, his videos just show up on the homepage of YouTube. And it'd be like wrestling section of YouTube right there in front of you. And like so you would see all these guys talking about it on YouTube and stuff. So eventually I just like started a podcast. I called it Fight Talk. It was mainly an MMA podcast. And it was mainly an MMA podcast because I had access to like UFC talent like really easily because just not a lot of people were interviewing them. So I just like sure. started reaching out. And the first MMA wrestler, the first MMA fighter I interviewed was Mickey Gall, who was about to fight CM Punk at the time. Um, and that led to some other interviews and stuff like that. And eventually, this is going to become a real long story. I'm going to try to cut it down a lot. But basically... There's a YouTube channel called MMA on point. And I wound up 
getting in with that YouTube channel, I was the first person they ever hired. And it was this guy, Jason Hartley and Tom Ransom. They, they, they started the, the, the channel. It had like maybe like five or 10,000 subscribers at the time. And Jason found me. Well, I found, so I shouldn't say, I found the channel randomly on YouTube. I wound up tweeting about it. The guy who owned the channel, Jason messaged me and was like, Hey man, I see through like you live in Nashville. I actually live in, he lived in a town that was like a half hour away. And he was like, we need some help with like social media and stuff. Cause it's just me and this other guy. So I started working for them. I did. I, and then I, that they, they taught me how to video edit. They taught me how to use Photoshop. They taught me how to, I, I became a social media manager, did a whole bunch of stuff for them. Um, and I did that for like two and a half years. And during that time, at some point along that way, within that two and a half years, I, I also was writing for daily DDT, just like some random wrestling articles. And Sean Ross Sapp had just recently started fightful.com. And I knew Sean a little bit because of wrestling Inc. And we had a mutual friend at named Matt from wrestle rumble. And basically it's just such it was weird. How you start like the connection. Yeah. So like I, Sean needed somebody to come on and help him review a UFC pay-per-view live on Fightful. It was Darren Till versus Tyron Woodley. And we talked, we did the show. And like after the show, I was like, hey man, just so you know, like I'm actually even more into pro wrestling than I am MMA. You know, like I could, I think I could do stuff with that. So I sent him some like stuff for Fight Talk and some of my daily DDT articles. Next thing I know, he's like, hey, man, I have this show called The Weekender on Fightful Select where we call it like indie wrestling or like really not stuff we don't really cover on the show. I don't have time to do it anymore. And there's only like a few episodes in at the time. And he was like, hey, man, like I heard you do this NWA. Uh, it was like the NWA 70 review because I was there live at the show in Nashville. And he was like, he's like, you want to do The Weekender? Like I can I can give you that show. And I was like, shit, yeah, like let's do it. So I started doing that. I've been doing that show for five years now. Mm-hmm. And uh and that just led to a lot of other stuff. That's how I met all these other people through Fightful that I like that are like my peers or whatever now or my friends. And uh and that's kind of like the end was like MMA on point, kind like me doing it myself led to me getting some opportunities with MMA on point, which led to like bigger opportunities, kind of I mean MMA on point's a bigger channel, like they have over a million subscribers, they're very successful. But I'm not gonna sit here and like rip on people, but like I don't have the it is what it is. They, they become very successful, but they've taken their whole operation. They're like over in the UK and they've completely changed everything really about like when I was there, um, all, you know, good on them or whatever. But like, I, I got really lucky kind of fully transitioning into fightful right when I did, because right as I left MMA on point is when they made a ton of changes and moved mm-hmm. everything. So like, I think if I wouldn't have left, I probably was on borrowed time anyways, to be completely sure. honest. So it was one of those things where the timing worked out really well too. Where like, you know, also a, a guy I consider a good friend, uh, Joel Hol- Joe Holberg, um, he was doing a show with Jeremy at the time called The Distraction on Fightful, and he wound up leaving Fightful right around the time like all of this kind of stuff was happening. And Jeremy and me had a good relationship, so Jeremy wanted me to do his new show with him. So it was like that's how the spotlight happened. So you know it's it's like a whole chain of events like different shows different platforms to kind of like where you know i'm at now and i, I love i love where i'm at with fightful so and, and i'm definitely not saying this because you're here now like your guys' shows are, are really good and fightful i think for a lot of people including myself is kind of like the kind of the go-to spot right i mean i think like you have a mix of 
everything where you yeah you get lots of news but also like the podcasts are are very very good too there's lots of variety there too so that's that's something that i feel like that i think most people are i think fightful's been on you know been on top for a while but with how new that it really is too like it's been really crazy how, how fast it's grown yeah and like i mean and sean listen i don't i actually don't even know jimmy van that well like we've had some interactions but like he's always been super cool to me in those interactions but i i've known sean for years now and he's the man like you know i just want to put that out there i know he gets a lot of shit online um i know he's constantly fighting trolls and all that kind of stuff on the internet like if i was him i would like i wish i wish like but i know it's it's so much easier said than done because i don't i don't i don't deal with it the way that he does but i just want people to know who listen to this like he's a great he's a fuck i don't know if that's on this or not yeah go ahead go ahead he's he's a fucking great guy to work with and a guy to work for and i've gotten to meet him in person he's he's a great human being as well so like i i uh, i got nothing but love and respect for sean ross Sapp. and like the it's wild that like because like when i was growing up as a kid being a fan of like dirt sheet wrestling forums and stuff like the fact that it's just very weird. I never really think about this that often, but like, it's weird that one of my good friends is the number one, like I could DM him right now and be like, yo, Sean, like I heard this or that. And he'll like, go like confirm a story. He'll go, you know, Mm -hmm. some of these stories, I don't, I don't take a lot of credit for hardly anything, but every now and then I'll, you know, I hear stuff and I'll sure. Hey man, like I heard this or that. And he's like, next thing you know, like he's on it or even the connections he has is so crazy. I'll go to a GCW event in Atlanta and they'll give me tickets, which is, I, awesome because gcw is like my favorite company in the world they'll give me two tickets to the shows in atlanta and there was one event that i went to where they didn't have they just didn't have a list at the door and i was like i was like shit like they they, they didn't have any tickets left and they said that my name wasn't on the list and there was no like gcw employees out there it was just like the the venue people sure and i was like oh i don't know what i'm gonna do here so i hit up sean and i'm like hey sean like i'm at the door gcw can't get in no one I know is like answering me like at the show. All the wrestlers are probably getting ready for matches and stuff. And I'm looking at their phones. Anyone I know is not responding within like three minutes. Sean goes, look out for someone. And this dude in a GCW shirt comes walking through a door, waves me in. I was just like, man, like, I don't know who you just talked to that fast, but like he's, he's Sean's just the man. Like he's got the connections. He's a good dude. Um, I'm proud to work with Fightful. Like I'm, it's like it's somewhere I'm like happy, like and and like I'm like proud to tell people like that I'm and, and I'm associated with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think like in a in a space where there's lots of, I think shady reporting and stuff. I think I feel like Fightful like they do things the right way from what like from the outside looking in. So it kind of seems like you probably would have that same opinion, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's a lot of good out there too. You know, there's a lot yeah. of good people in wrestling media. There's a lot of good websites and stuff, but. As far as like the credibility goes, not to take credibility away from others, but Sean's batting a thousand on the news, just like someone like Ariel Hawani in the MMA space does, you know, and yep. it's just it, a lot of news. I, I just don't believe until I see Sean confirm it. And I think that he's a good litmus to know if something is real or not in, in the space of wrestling. So, And I guess a lot of sites, I mean, because if Fightful reports at first, they will, you know, they will report what Fightful has already reported, stuff like that, too. So they definitely I feel like if you want the news first, definitely probably probably the way to go. Um, and I think I, I got to say too, cause I, I really enjoy the spotlight and the weekend or two. Cause I think the, I like the, the light that you guys shine on indie wrestling for sure too. Cause I feel like for me, I definitely am not someone as knowledgeable as about indie wrestling as like someone like yourself, but something over the last handful of years that I've really dived into a lot, a lot deeper. And there's nothing like, okay, you watch somebody on the indies, you watch them progress, you watch them, even if they stay on the indies or if they, or if they get signed, whatever. I feel like that's a very 
rewarding thing as a fan. So that's something that I always really appreciate about both of those shows. You guys take the time to discuss independence where if people do cover it, it's not that many people. And I feel like you guys put, you know, you put a lot of time and effort into that. So that's something as a fan of, of indie wrestling, I do appreciate quite a bit. Cool. Yeah. I, I appreciate that you, uh, that you like that. You know, I, uh, I wish we could talk about it longer on the spotlight. Um, just, we have the time constrictions on that show. Cause I work a, a shoot job that starts mm-hmm. as that show is ending. And it's just, yeah. they're just not flexible in my hour. They're, they're actually, that's them being flexible in my hours is me <laughs> cutting it that close every, every time I'm clocking in that those mornings, but my boss, my boss knows what's up though. Um, but, uh, it's one of those things. It's like, I, I wish we could talk about indie wrestling longer, but I do, but I, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I, I have the platform on the weekender to do that. Like, I mean, I can do that show for as long as I want. Like Sean's, Sean's told me before, I can, it can be a 15 minute long show. It can be three hours. Like he doesn't care. He just, he just likes that. I'm that somebody's getting that out there. Um, but I usually, I shoot to do it about an, I, I shoot for an hour a week is, is usually the goal is to do an hour a week. And that's almost exclusively independent wrestling uh, related. So, um, but yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that uh, <clears throat> and it is, it's, it's rewarding from like a, uh, I like that fans like yourself, like fans of indie wrestling, like yourself can, can, you know, get to learn more about the talents and, you know, listen to just more opinions of people you might be a fan of, but it's, um, it's also super rewarding when like, these wrestlers or these promoters hit me up and they're like, like a lot of the time, and I can't, I don't know how much I want to put this out there, but a lot of the time these wrestlers are hitting me up asking for interviews. You know, they're like, Hey man, like, you know, if you ever like, I'd love to get on the show. Like blah, blah. a lot of the time, most of the time it's me reaching out to other people, but I have like a whole list of people that have hit me up. Like, yo, like if you ever got the time, like, you know, you and Jeremy, like you're, like, you're the guys we really want to talk to, you know? And it's like, that's really rewarding. Or, or like somebody, you know, we do an interview and then afterwards they, I'll, I'll put this guy on blast a little bit. Uh, Vinny Pacifico. Um, he's, he's hit me and Jeremy up multiple times since our interview and said like, man, thank you again for like, we, I got a lot of opportunities after I talked to y'all, like, because a lot of promoters heard our interview and then like, they started booking me and like, I started getting these other sponsorships. Yeah. Like, I was going to say, I saw a lot online about like his, he's had several sponsorships since that. Yeah. I've, with I've, energy yes, drink companies. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, um, and once again, we can't take full credit. I, we can't take hardly any credit for that, but it's, it's one of those things where like in his mind, you know, and it's, it's not just him. There's been, there's been a, 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 quite a few of those guys that like, you know, they do an interview with us and, you know, once again, I'm not trying to take any credit for this, but it's, 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 it's nice to know that like, they don't feel like they were at the very least they didn't feel like they were wasting their time, like coming on and talking to us for like an hour yeah. or whatever, you know, they, cause I know that they get hit up a lot from a lot of people. And it's going to be varying degrees. Just like for me, when I started podcasting and I didn't have like, no one was listening, but it was like, I was still trying to go out and get people to talk to. And mm-hmm. if they were cool enough to like come on and talk to me, even though like there was no really reason for them to come do it. Like it just, you know, and then like to be in a position now where it's like, they want to talk to me. And then after we talk, they actually, some of them wind up getting like bigger opportunities or I start seeing them get, get booked more often and stuff like that. And it's like, hell yeah, we actually, we, it's really cool that we can use our platform to help, help indie talent. Um, Cause independent wrestling is super important to me. It's, I think it's incredibly important to just like the, the lifeblood of just like wrestling in general, but it wasn't for any wrestling. I don't know how much wrestling I'd even watch nowadays, to be honest. Like I, I I'd, I'd much prefer going to, like I went to State Farm for Raw recently, and I stayed for one of the three hours. I, said, I made sure I was there for Cody, yeah. and I, yeah, 
and and then like but like you know if i go to a show if i go to like a sub rap show in like nashville or i go you know really anywhere locally like cdw in atlanta or whatever like gcw especially like i'm not leaving early you know what i mean like yeah. so i'm staying late and i'm trying to interview people too but anyways um yeah, that's. Uh, but yeah, I pre- I appreciate that you that you like the indie wrestling coverage. I'm glad that we're able to do it, and I'm glad that I'm there's there's become some more people at Fightful that are doing it, which is cool. But I'm I'm glad that I'm one of the like I guess go to people for it. So yeah, and I think I mean I really appreciate it too because I, I live in a part. I so I'm I'm from Minnesota and I live in Fargo, oh. North Dakota. So I'm right on the border. Okay. Yeah. So I'm from Minnesota. So in Fargo, North Dakota, there's not a ton of indie wrestling options, but we have a new promotion now. It's called Time Bomb Pro Wrestling. I don't know if yeah, you've heard of them. I have, yeah. So they, I think we're pretty lucky to have them here where there's not a lot of other stuff going on. So they're, I think yeah. they're bringing in like Ultimo Dragon uh, next month with Eric Cannon. So they're having a match. And they, okay. they brought in Minoru Suzuki a couple of years back. And they, I mean, like day in and day out, like they had Joey Janela last their last show. So they have a, they have a good mix of bringing people in and some more local so i think we're pretty lucky to have them but it's yeah it's, it's pretty limited other than that around here so i have to seek my indie wrestling elsewhere a lot of times that's that's dope though like eric cannon's the man up there and uh and ultimo dragon's one of my favorites ever my dad's actually from rugby north dakota oh for, sure uh, i know where that is yeah so my dad grew up there um and uh yeah, I'm, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a lifelong Minnesota Vikings fan. So I was going to bring that up to you. So, quick sidebar: people might turn this podcast off if we talk about football for too long. But what are your thoughts on the Vikings this year? Okay, just in general. Um, in general, I mean, okay. I, I have some thoughts, but it's only been two True. games. But okay, you know. so I'll preface this all by saying I love Kirk Cousins. Like, I'm one of these people that like I'm not one of the Kirk haters because I have lived through. You said you were born in '97. 97 yep so you were born right around the time that we didn't make the super bowl losing to the falcons because gary anderson missed his only field goal in like two seasons to not get the super bowl so that was when randy moss came into the league and oh my god those were great times um Dante culpepper came in not long after and we had chris carter still and robert smith anyway i can go on and on about that squad so my current thoughts on the vikings i really like kevin o'connell I really like Quesiadofa Mensa. Um, so I think I like the culture change since Brad or since uh, Mike Zimmer. Yes, and, agreed. And I, I, I did not like Mike. I liked Mike Zimmer for the first few years he was there, but then it became, and he started to do his stuff to like, despite himself, like he would like, mm-hmm. I remember at the end of his last season there, Justin Jefferson had an opportunity at like this yards record and he didn't throw him the ball. Then it was a game that was over either way. And like, you could have got the record and like, right. just do it. At least end of the season on a high note. But anyway, and, but the problem is we've had this whole clown car of, of, of coaches my whole, my whole life. Like Danny green was great. And then after that, Mike Tice was a clown. Yes. Brad Childers was a clown. Leslie Frazier was a clown. All the, uh, Mike Zimmer turned out to be a clown, all these guys. So like, I like Kevin O'Connell. I like Rick Spielman. I like Rick Spielman as well as our GM. He he did do a lot of really good for our team, but he was there for a long time. Anyways, we're right right now. Good good coaches. Good good GM. Um, I like Brian Flores as well. I think our defense has looked better. Um, Alexander Madison. I'm really disappointed in because I thought I had high hopes for him because he looks yep. really good behind Dalvin and he just doesn't. I like that we brought in Cam Akers, but he might be a bit of a problem because like he was like no showing games for the Rams last year and contracts and whatnot and yeah. this past yeah. week and whatnot. 
Um, but I think I'd rather have that one-two punch there. I'd like to see them get Miles Gaskin involved because like he was actually pretty solid uh, for for uh, the the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think our offense is actually like like Justin Jefferson is the best player in in the game. Like I oh, love yeah. Justin Jefferson. You know what I mean? So like I think we have great players. I love Daniel Hunter. Um, like. I, I like that we just brought in uh, that new offensive lineman. We, we here's 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 my real thoughts on the Vikings, so we don't talk about this for the next half hour. <laughs> All these changes don't matter if you're not protecting Kirk, and they have been protecting Kirk. They need to give Kirk Cousins more time back there to make decisions and throw the ball. Because when things don't go his way, he freaks out and everything goes crazy. But when he is in his zone, he is a top ten quarterback, yes. and he can, he throws dimes to these dudes. Also, KJ Osborne needs to catch the damn ball. And the problem with that, especially, is we let Thielen go, who doesn't drop passes like that. We're like when 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 KJ is getting hit in the chest and hit in the hands on the end zone, even though they might not be the best passes every time, Thielen doesn't drop stuff like that. KJ does. Yes. And now we're seeing it. So like I don't know. Those are the kind of issues I have. We sh- we could be two and zero, but we're zero and two mainly because of our own mistakes. Um, and it's must win this, uh, it's must win tomorrow, man. Like, I don't know when this is going to be air, but this must win tomorrow, um, against a team who is must win also. So like, yes. this is, yeah. Anyway, how do you feel about it? Yeah. I mean, and I, the first two games, which I usually am not like the, the busiest person in the world. So I only got to see part of the first of each of the first two games. So it's like my, I've tried to been like trying to been catching up and stuff, but yeah, I, I've never got the Kirk Cousins hate. I mean, like if you look at his stats, I mean, mm-hmm. he is. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I mean, I think I yeah. really think he is. So I don't think that's a problem. Our offense looks has looked decent. I think he's been doing the best he can with what he has. The defense. Yeah, I agree. Defense is getting better. So I'm, I'm definitely hopeful. I think the first two games where, I mean, like, yeah, there's some things we got to tighten up, I think for sure. Yeah. So I, I think, I think you're right though. I think tomorrow is a, a huge game for the rest of the year. Cause if we go own three at the start, I mean, that's, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean it's it'd be rough because I mean we have such a good squad. It's not even I even got into guys like T.J. Hawkinson who has been a humongous yes. pickup for us uh, last yes. season. I mean, there's they have a lot of really really great talent on the team, but yeah, to start off zero and three is rough. And what they're gonna run into is they're gonna have to pay Jefferson a lot of money soon, and he deserves it. Like we need to make this because I was talking about Randy Moss years back. We made yeah. the decision to let Randy Moss go in favor of keeping Dante Culpepper and the other people on the team. We should have paid Randy and let the yeah. other people go and figure yes. it out. That was a terrible decision. So and they they better pay him. They better pay yes. him. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, they gotta they pay, him. pay him. But the problem with that is, then does Kirk take a pay cut? Is he? But I don't think he's willing to because like he's the best businessman in the whole yeah. in the whole thing. So, but so but that that's where it all comes down to is like if we start zero three do you start tanking for a new quarterback? Cause you know, cousins is going to leave at the end of the year or like, we're, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a tough spot. We, we just need, we need to win. At the end yeah. of the day, we need to, we need to win. So. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Still hopeful, but I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of tough being a Minnesota sports fan across the board. I mean, sure. cause you got the Vikings, which honestly is probably our best hope. The twins, they actually just clinched the division this year. So I'm Good hoping that, you know, they usually get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. If they make it. So, you know, the wilder are looking okay, but um, the Vikings usually where I is where I have the most hope in, and so I'm I'm hoping that's gonna that's gonna yeah. pay off this year. But um, 
All right. So before I let you go, so I know that this is something that is a little bit off topic a little bit as well, but I can see, obviously this is an audio podcast, but behind you, I have known that you've been a big action figure guy Yeah. and I've listened to your guys' interview that you guys had with Jeremy Padauer from Jazzware. So that was a great interview. Um, I want to talk to you a little about your collecting habits just before we, just before we wrap things up. Dude, we can, we can, we can go longer if you want to. I don't, I I got, I got time. So don't feel like you need to rush. Yeah. I'd I'd be happy to talk about it. my figures here i guess just to start what are you i can see a little bit behind you but what are you actively collecting right now a lot of stuff (laughs) um so i recently got into the cards which has become a an expensive rabbit hole same same here same here um yeah so i'm collecting the uh it's like the the 2023 i guess select metal um wwe panini cards or whatever and i saw that that's they just lost there there there's a a dispute there with their deal and they're going to switch over from panini to uh back to fanatics which is uh, tops all right well we're back a few technical difficulties so we left the conversation off with you mentioned that you were starting to go down the card rabbit hole yes i am so i think I think the ones that I've been getting have been, they're like WWE select metal panini cards. Um, and I know that they just like, there's something going on with like panini and WWE where they just lost the rights or whatever due to like some contract dispute or something or other. So I guess, um, uh, fan, is it, uh, I think fanatics? Back, yeah. Fanatics, which will fanatics be tops. Be, yeah. yeah. Fanatics has taken over the world. So I'm not, I'm not liking that they're going back to that. Uh, I'd <laughs> like to spread it around a little bit more. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Fanatics is kind of all over everything. Now you're right. Um, so yeah, I've been getting those. I've been getting the, uh, the, I think they're the 2022 AEW cards, uh, but I've been getting back into it where like, I used to be a big baseball card collector, big Pokemon card collector, that kind of stuff. So I, I just like, it's been kind of a nostalgic thing too. I like went and bought like a new binder and a bunch of those, like, things to put all the cards in and like i got this whole binder now of like of like wwe and uh and AEW cards now that i've been trying to like collect the whole set now and stuff so but it's an expensive hobby because the i mean in the blaster boxes so like i mean yesterday alone i went up to i went up to target last night after work and dropped a hundred dollars on three blaster boxes and just opened them all you know what i mean it's like for something to do yeah, absolutely. It's there's nothing like and I've I've dabbled in I'm not super like deep into it, but I've dabbled into like starting to get some hobby boxes now, which are even more expensive. Yeah. I mean, you can get some good stuff in there too. Um, but it's it's something I'm like I've kind of told myself like I cannot try to keep up with this because there's so much product that comes out. Like I can't, I just can't do it. So it's like every once in a while I will get a box and there's nothing like opening a box of cards. But yes, it's kind of like my version of like lottery tickets, right? It's like, you know, yeah. you might get something good it's kind of fun though to put together like an entire set or, you know, it's fun to pull a good card every once in a while too. I haven't pulled anything, anything crazy. Um, I had a, I think from the first AW set, I pulled a one of one dark order tag team card. So, and that's not worth like a ton, but I'm like, Oh, it's still kind of a, to cool to that's pull a sick, one of one out of a blaster. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, the cards behind you signed. It looks like some of those are like the signed cards. There's, there's a couple. So there's, um, have you heard of, so it's it's Leaf, and they do like you know. So they're it's what, are the, what is the name of the set? I think it's called Heroes of Wrestling. So they you get one guaranteed auto, and then a a base set of like so it's like one pack. So you get one pack of cards for thirty bucks, 
And oh, I and think a guaranteed I, autograph in there? Yeah, so I pulled oh, nice. um, DDP, and then I pulled Tajiri in the next set. So, like, those were 30 bucks. I'm like, that was actually a pretty good yeah. pretty good pull. I need to get in on some of that kind of stuff. I, I, pulled, um, I pulled a pack auto uh, the other day out of one of my AW packs, which was pretty cool. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm getting down the rabbit hole of the cards now, which is getting expensive. Um, I've, I'll be, I'm, I'm actively collecting the AEW, pretty much all the AEW figures. Like, um, I have a lot of the signed, like all the ones behind me are signed and I have some like off camera that are signed sure. that like, I just don't have room for, um, but I'm like making, it's constantly, and you can't see much of the room, but like behind me is like. Funko Pops and like a Shrine to Joey Chestnut because I've met him multiple times. I love that guy. Sure. I got all my loose AEW figures over here. I got all my exclusive AEW figures in the box. I've got these are all like one of one five thousands or one of three thousands or AEW shop exclusives. Um, so like I'm I'm mainly I've got like a bunch of Cody just Cody related stuff in a corner and whatnot. I got stuff I haven't put up yet. Like these just came in from Ringside like the other day. Uh, these like yep. the new Cody Basics. Yes. Um. But yeah, I got stuff all over the place in here. But um, but of the the stuff that like I'm mainly collecting like as it's coming out is anything exclusive AEW. So like um any any one uh, any rare chase figures um any AEW shop exclusives um Walmart exclusives Target exclusives all that kind of stuff. That's like the main stuff that I'm looking for sure. for AEW. But I try to get at least like one of every person too. And then there's plenty of people I got like multiples for. Um. Uh, and then, like one of the collections that I got going, that's like I like I that I chip away at over time is, um, so like these back here are are WCW figures. So like they're like yeah. the Smash and Slam and the Ring Fighters, um, all the um, all the toy biz, and these are all signed. So like I've got like a Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, a Bill Goldberg, Alex Luger, and a Bret Hart. And whenever I see those kind of appear, or I know they're doing a signing, like. Bret Hart was doing a signing that my buddy Doug was at. So I sent him the figure. He got it signed for me and sent it back to me. Mm -hmm. I've met Kevin Nash. I've had like five Kevin Nash autographs. Like I met him. He was the first wrestler I ever met. I have an autograph of his right there from the Atlanta airport, in like 97. Um, but I've got like, I've got Kevin Nash signed as the super shredder in here too. And stuff like, um, oh, but uh, I've seen, I've seen people doing that over the last couple of years after that figure came out. I always thought that was such a, such a cool idea to get that signed. I've got his pop signed, but, um, but I've, I also have his figure, like his, oh, sure. his NECA, which sure. I haven't gotten signed yet. I, I collect Power Ranger stuff. I collect Ninja Turtle stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, I collect nineties, like nostalgia stuff, like Nickelodeon stuff, Space Jam stuff. Um, I got like Sonic stuff, Mario stuff. I mean, just really anything that I liked from the nineties, pretty much. I got this card from my favorite documentary of all time. You can't see it in the audio version, but there's this movie, this movie I love called um, man versus snake. It's about uh, this guy reclaiming his nibbler world record, like ten, like, like decades after he had it. Um, and I got a signed, a signed card of his along with the guy who used to run twin galaxies for like the, the records and shit. The, the figure you're probably talking about um, for Kevin Ash is this one. Here. That's what I was thinking of. Yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, I, I need to with the secret up. of the ooze. So yes. I, I specifically collect for secret of the ooze and for the new turtles movie that just came out that mutant uh, mayhem or whatever. That, I thought that was really good. So I've been getting, I've been getting a lot of that stuff lately. Cause that's like actively out in stores right now. Yeah, I was, I, and I've, I'm a, I'm definitely a turtles fan. I don't, I don't collect a lot of like the figures and stuff, but I, you know, watch the movies and the cartoons. I read some of the comics and stuff, but I, I really enjoyed that movie. And I, I saw a lot of the stuff at Walmart and I just like, 
and my wife was with me. I'm like, I, I can't, don't let me do this. I can't, I can't, I can't have one more thing to, to add to my collection. I just cannot do it. And it was really tempting though. Cause there's a lot of good stuff coming up. They are, they do. I, I bought the, uh, the giant Leonardo Funko pop, um, like the mega size one or whatever. Um, oh yeah. I mean, it's, and then obviously I collect like WWE Mattel as well. Like all, like I collect ultimates and elites and, you know, all that kind of stuff. The only basics I buy are Cody. I just try to buy, I try to buy all the WWE Cody stuff. I got a, I got a, two of his pops, one of them signed. I got his ultimate, got his defining moment. I got, I have every, every Cody figure since he's returned to the company. I have all the sure. AEW figures. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, pretty biased there, but like, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got, I mean, I'm just, I'm surrounded by surrounded by stuff no. that needs to be moved around and stuff still but i try to keep the backdrop just like sign stuff just because sure. i think it looks kind of cool but that's always a constant this is one of my favorite things actually this is the ninja turtles crossover with the oh WWE. Is, that, is that one with sting yeah that's sting, yes, sting one. and that's also signed by sting okay so oh, that's awesome that's, uh, yeah my brother got me after my birthday a few years ago that's one of my favorite things I've that's got. awesome it's i always like the like some people don't like the crossover things or whether it's turtles or you know whatever it is too i think yeah, like, if you like if you yeah if you like both it's like i feel like yeah other people yeah. might not be into it but if you like both there's nothing better yeah 100 percent. and then i'd say one of my other coolest things in my collection here is uh this behind me is uh kind of hard to see but my buddy mike hughes who comes over he watches AEW like every every week with me we've been friends since high school um he gave me this poster years ago uh signed by austin the rock and triple h like all on one poster here next to their pictures which i think is like really damn cool that he gave me that because like i know he comes over here all the time and he's always like man i don't know why he gave you that like i should have kept that myself like <laughs> he wants <laughs> yeah you know he wants the indian give it but i'm you know i've already told but uh but yeah i've got a, a lot of cool stuff in here like it's kind of cool to look around but um but yeah i like i like sign stuff too that's become like a big problem is like uh, sign figures is like specifically sign figures is pretty cool um, we're pulling signed cards now is becoming like a, yeah, like kind of like an itch. Like, yeah, it is. I mean, it, it is a rush too. It's just like, you just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. If you pull something, it's yeah, it's dangerous. I, I should not talk to people about cards or like collecting in general. Cause it just makes me want to do it more. So I probably oh, yeah. like, you know, uh, I need to probably not do that. I have a, um, probably can't see behind me. So I collect, I don't know much of you've heard of hot toys before. Mm. So they are, so they are. I mean, they make like Star Wars, Marvel, DC, like some movie properties too. So I, I'm a big like DC and Marvel fan myself. So they, they make like one six scale figures and they are like definitely some handmade like um, elements to them. And they are like very, very realistic. And they're also very expensive, like 300 bucks a pop expensive. So I've got, I've got uh, four of those. And that's something like I try to get one per year. Nice. over the last four years and that is something that i i just um so i'm starting to collect a little bit more of like some expensive things a little bit less often but i i can't again i have to pull the reins in on that too because that is just too much money no i respect it man and it's always good to know more people in like the space that are that are collectors it's always good to have connections because even like right now my buddy Doug, so like i there's a there's this actor that i love his name's ernie race jr he uh he was the lead character in a, a movie back in the 90s called surf ninjas he was also the pizza guy in teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 uh, named kino and so he's in like two of my favorite movies when i was a kid which once again in the 90s like if you had like there wasn't a whole lot of stuff to like entertain yourself with if you had a vhs player like you like and you had some vhs tapes let's say you just watch those a ton of times so like mm -hmm. these are the kind of movies i would watch over and over and over yes. again as a kid 
this guy went on to like current day, he corners Nate Diaz. He's a part of the, the Diaz brothers you know, yeah. training camp out of mm-hmm. Stockton, California, which is crazy. And like, he's in that world now too. Anyway, he just had an action figure come out recently. So I bought it. I pre-ordered the whole thing. It, it showed up. I mailed it over to my buddy, Doug, my buddy, Doug just got it signed last weekend. And he's I'm wait, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting on the mail. It should come any day, but like, oh, I should man. have my, my signed Kino from Ninja Turtles here soon too. So how many of those do you think exist? There can't be that many. I mean, sign the Kino. Ki- yeah. Figures. Yeah. Honestly, most of the people who probably own the figure probably have figured a way to get it signed, but there aren't that many of them out there because they did the pre-order and they, the pre-order sold out so fast mm. because you had to do like a whole, you couldn't just buy the faker. It had to come in this, like, it was like over a hundred dollars in like this yes, custom yep. pizza box with like a t-shirt. Also. So they throw in all the extra stuff and a lot, and it scares some people away where it's like, I wanted the figure for like 40, 50 bucks or whatever, but like, I want to spend over a hundred dollars for all the extra stuff. Yeah. I just blindly was like, boom, large t-shirt. Yep. Okay. Good, good, good. Check out as fast as I could. I had friends of mine the same day refreshing their pages. Like, man, I couldn't get one. You know what I mean? So like, um, they go quick, similar to the Jamie hater, one of a thousand shop AEW exclusive. Yeah. I missed that I, one. I, missed I got it. it though. <laughs> I was, I was right there. See, once again, it's good to have friends that, that give you the Iggy yes. because you know, I, 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 I'll be sitting there at work and I'll have my phone next to me and it'll go off. And if I know it's from a certain person, I usually know what it's about. And I'll look over, stop, try to stop what I'm doing at work, check it out. And ha- most of the time it's like, yo, this just went live or I'm in a lot of like figure groups and stuff. And like, yeah, yeah. they'll, they'll hit me up and be like, yo, I just saw this get posted or this or that. And it's like, boom, like I'm on it, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pissed. I missed that one. Cause it's just like, I think I missed it within like, I think I was, th- you know, probably 30 minutes after it sold out. I just didn't see it. And I'm usually, yeah, I'm in groups and stuff too. And I just like, I don't know. I think I was at work and just, I wasn't on my phone and it just, yeah. So I was, I was pretty pissed. I missed that one. Honestly, yeah. that was, I was a pretty sick one. Well, most of the time the shop AEW exclusives like stay for yeah. a while or yes. they re-release them. So like a lot of the time yeah. there's not like a lot of urgency to do it, but what I'm interested with that one is that one sells not shipped yet. Like I've already got the, uh, like the hangman I've already got, which I ordered a week later. Um, but they haven't shipped the haters yet. I don't know like what's up with that, but, um, I definitely paid for one. So I'm hoping right. it shows <laughs> open, up open arrives then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, it's, it's just, it's fun to talk to people about collecting too. Cause I feel like day-to-day life things just like wrestling to some extent i can probably talk to people about wrestling more it's like i don't know anybody else in my real life that actually collects figures like people in my life they know i do it they, they definitely put up with it my wife's supportive but it's you know I, I get some weird looks when people come over and they don't know that i have it and then they walk into my like collection room and it's just this mound of stuff and i've got glass cabinets and it's just like they just are like, what is going on here? See, that's what it's like for me, but I'm single. So like multiple different girls have gone through seeing this. And that's what, that's my litmus for like, whether or not I could have like any kind of, even if we can hang out at all going forward. Yeah, right. Cause yeah. like half the time they see it and they're just like, what, like, what is this? And like, they think I'm insane or something, but sometimes they see it and they're like, they respect it. They're like, damn, like you're really passionate about it. And then I have like an end to kind of explain, like I, like I a podcast, like I actually make a little bit of money doing this. Like I'm not a total waste of time, Yeah, you know, yeah. like, but, um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, eventually whoever I eventually wind up was going to have to be cool with it because it's, uh, it's, 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 
I don't want to joke about this, but like, it's almost like a disease, dude. Like you get like a real itch to do it. Like I'm, I'm talking with you about it right now. I know you just mentioned the same thing, but like, I'm going to go see a movie a little bit later this afternoon. And I know there's a mall right there attached to it. So like, I know I'm going to be looking through GameStop and be looking through. And it's funny because now, since I know Jeremy Fidauer a little bit, like I see these squash mellows all all over the, or squish mellows all over the place. So like I'll like I'll like message him like you know I'll like DM him like a picture or something and be like dude these are everywhere bro like yeah all, yeah. Like, all these Pokemon things you got out there too and stuff so but it's cool to get to know those kind of guys guys like Kyle Peterson would be somebody that you should talk to he would he's, yeah I don't know if I don't know if you know Kyle at all but I do he's um I, I definitely he's so we're, I'm I'm in the Major Pod Facebook group so he's pretty like nice. he's pretty active there so yes. like I've watched his videos and like I've had a couple of like. I don't think he knows I do this show, but I've had a couple like, you know, a couple like comments back and forth with things, but I, I don't know him at all, but yeah, he's, he's a pretty cool guy from what it seems like. Very nice guy. And the most impressive collector I've ever, oh, I've yeah. ever witnessed his collection videos. He's had like, I think he's had at least one a year for the last three years. And I've, they're like 45 minutes to an hour long. And I've watched maybe even more and I've watched them all more than once. Cause it's just like, it's, yes. it's pretty crazy. Pretty impressive. You got that whole, that whole secret room with all of his, classic superstars and box yeah. and everything and yeah, kyle's the man it's cool yeah man like if you uh if you see stuff out there that, that you think i'm interested i'll do the same for you man start i'll start dming you when i see sure. stuff Please it's do. always uh yeah it's always good to know more more collectors um i have more time by the way man i, I don't need to like wrap up right but i wanted i don't want to keep you long either no, whatever, whatever you want to ask me go ahead okay i'm i want to ask you one last question this one is probably a tough question to answer too because i know you've done so many so bringing things back to wrestling for one last question, do you have a favorite interview that you've done at this point? Cause you guys have had an opportunity to interview all sorts of different people, um, whether it's through the weekend or, or if it's through the spotlight um, or even pre that you're doing your own podcast. Do you have a favorite interview that you've done that people can go check out? Oh man, that's a really good question. I honestly have never, th- I've honestly never thought about that because I'm so like, you hear wrestlers talk about this a lot, like like while you're in it, you don't really think about it too much. So like, cause like when, when I wrap up an interview, it's like I'm promoting it as much as I can. And then like my mind's on the next one, you know? And it's like, I'm trying to think of who would be my favorite. And I wouldn't really want to single anyone out, but I would say like, man, some of my favorite guests and stuff, man, it's, I, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings either. Or even if it's not like your all-time favorite, maybe just one or two that like, yes, I know for sure this is one that I've enjoyed quite a bit compared to, you know, the long list. Yeah. I'm trying to think like pro wrestling, especially there's like a non-related, like one of my favorite guests we've had on a couple of times is a guy called dad, who is a, he's a, like a YouTuber who's done a couple of boxing matches for creator clash, which is a whole other rabbit hole that I like that second event wound up. I, I don't know if you know anything about what happened with that, but I don't know. Um, oh, okay. It was, a, it was a, it was a charity event and they screwed it up and none of the money wanted to go into charity. It was this whole thing, oh. but he, he had nothing to do with that. And like Morrison had, or John, because we actually had dad and, and John Morrison on together for an interview. And like, oh, that was sure. a really good one. Um, so like, but he, but dad is a really good guest, a really good guy who like really enjoys doing the shows with us. Um, I'm just trying to think like, some of the better because like i i have we have had some guests that have been like repeat guests that obviously i i would i'd love to shout out like mose who's a good buddy of mine who's a who's a commentator for gcw and a whole bunch and really everywhere now and me and him were just 
just fans together in, in Nashville going to shows. And now he's gone off to do all this awesome stuff in indie wrestling. Um, mm. Cole Radrick's a guy we've had on a few times yeah, who, yeah. you know, and he's, he's because of, not because of me, but, but I was kind of the in with him to Fightful because I was a fan of his indie work and we wound up talking a little bit. And then I introduced him to Jeremy through our show. And now I know he's done like in the weeds with, uh, with Joel as well. And Jeremy a few times. So like Cole has like become like a regular, just like on Fightful platforms. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that, which has been cool. Um, I have to like pull up a list of like people we've interviewed because <laughs> I wouldn't, I, but those are just some people that come to mind as far as sure. like, like regulars. It was a real, it was a really cool thing to be able to interview Teal Ro- Teal Rhodes recently. Yeah, that was a good interview. Um, especially because they just had the Peacock documentary come out. So like, and obviously I'm a huge fan of Cody's. So like getting to hear her talk about him and stuff the way that she was, was, was cool. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, we've done, we've just done so many of these that like, but, but all, I mean, all, I honestly love all of them for completely different reasons. Like it's, it's pretty much after every interview we record right after we go off air, the people we talk to, like they, they seem like they generally enjoyed it or, you know, like mouse was another really good one. Robert Bellamy. That was pretty recent that we, we interviewed him. He's the father of Billy Starks and he's also yeah. a, a ringside photographer. And, um, you know, after we finished the interview, he was like, he's like, man, I had a, he's like, I had a really good time. It was like my favorite one I've done, you know? And it's like, that's not to pat myself on the back, but it's one of those things where it's, yeah. it's just good to know that like, from one, I've, my biggest fear is like reaching out to someone, them really not wanting to do the show, them coming on and them feeling that they wasted their time. That's like my yeah. biggest fear. But so like to get the exact opposite of that, where it's like a, Hey, I really enjoyed that. I would love to do this again. Then that's like, you know, I feel like I'm doing something right if, if that's the re- the response we're getting. And then, then they go on to recommend other people towards us and stuff like that. And it opens it up too for me to be able to, like, I don't feel like a total moron if I'm at an indie <laughs> show and I walk up to someone, I'm like, hey, I'm Steven from Fightful. They might not know who I am, but they might know what Fightful is. Yeah. And then like, they don't, they're like, okay, well, I'll talk to you, you know, or whatever. So, um, so yeah, but I, it's hard. I'm going to actually have to think about that more after this podcast in case I've ever asked that again. So I'm not so on the spot, but I, 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 we, I, I honestly, the, the honest answer would be, I love every interview we've done. I think they've all been, I legitimately think they've all been good interviews. Mm-hmm. And um, there's been a few people like Cole and Moe's and stuff like that. Like we've had on a few times and it's cool that like, like, you know, they want to come on multiple times. Yes. So. Oh, definitely. No, I think I'm a big fan of what you guys do. So keep up all the good work. And um, before we get out of here too, um, just please get any plugs that you want to out there. Where can people find you? Sure. So yeah, you can find me on X at a, uh, fight talk underscore that's f-i-g-h-t-t-a-l-k underscore you can use code fight talk all as one word no spaces on independentwrestling.tv um whether you use my code or not over there like go over there it's 10 bucks a month it's great i mean you get so much for that and also i'm not endorsed or sponsored by fight plus but i think you're really missing out if you're not uh, subscribed to fight plus for all the all the great pro wrestling over there it's like eight bucks a month i've been getting it for five a month because i got grandfathered in at the beginning so like sure. get in at eight before it goes up even more like it's it's such a great service yeah. but anyway um watch independent wrestling that's really my big plug watch indie wrestling um check out the spotlight it's every thursday morning 9 30 a.m eastern time unless i specify otherwise <laughs> And that'll uh, that'll be over on Fightful.com or and also on the main YouTube Fightful channel. Um, and the weekenders every Sunday, um, sometimes Mondays, depending on like the Viking schedule and the GCW yeah, schedule. Sure. Um, but usually Sundays, FightfulSelect.com. And you don't just get my show over there. You get, you know, a bunch of podcasts. You get 
most of the news you see Sean Rossap breaking and that all the other websites aggregate and put on their, on their, on their stuff. Most of it's coming from Fightful Select first, and then it's yes. getting put out everywhere else. So um, even if you don't care about my podcast, I'd recommend Fightful Select for five bucks a month, even just for Sean's news alone. But um, you do get a lot of cool podcasts there too, including the weekender. So, mm-hmm. um, and thank you. Uh, thanks Matt for having me on your show, man. I, uh, I appreciate you inviting me on here. No, absolutely. Thank you for, for making the time and you were very, very gracious with your time today. So I won't keep you any longer, but again, thank you for taking the time and we'll, uh, we'll have to chat again sometime soon. Yeah. Sounds good, man.